only thing better than watching TV is taking it personally. You guys, it's taking it personally. I'm so excited for this variety pack episode because we have quite literally three shows, maybe some others too. Maybe we'll do a whole like, what are you watching? What are you not? I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing some. <laughs> like, what am I watching? <laughs> So welcome back to Tip, Director of Social for Entertainment at Betches Media, host of Mention It All, and creator of Bravo by Betches, Dylan Hafer, SBBD. Bonsoir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't even talk about that. Oh yeah. So I have a trip coming up. A trip coming up. To Paris. I'm going to fly overnight to Paris. Are we? During, uh, unfortunately, the timing unknown to me at the point in which I finalized my plans is during Paris Fashion Week, which Uh is, I don't even know how much of a problem that's going to be for me. I think it's going to be a little bit of an issue, maybe. Some of these reservations are going to be a little tough. Maybe. I did get a reservation at one of the hardest places in Paris to get a reservation at. And there's one other place I want to go to, but it's it's not it's just not going to happen because there's like 20 something tables and it was one of the best in the world. Vanderpump Villa? Obviously. Vanderpump (laughs) Paris. (laughs) can i have a terrible glass of rosé for 75 euro um (laughs) um yeah so i'm going to paris then rome meeting up with a friend in rome and then paris again and then i am doing a day trip to amsterdam because i was gonna go to the vineyards and go to the cellars and which is not how you pronounce it but um welcome uh je parle uh, but uh, a bunch of them are closed. And I started thinking to myself, like, while you're there, what do you want to do? Like, genuinely, what do you want to do that you've maybe not thought of that was realistic to do? So one of these days, I'm taking a Eurostar to Amsterdam, and I got a ticket to Anne Frank's house. And I just felt like genuinely a connection. Like, as a Jewish person, I was like, I got to fucking see that goddamn house. I got to see it. And I, the Anne Frank is like for anyone, let alone a, a Jewish person, let alone a, a Jewish girl reading the diary of Anne Frank. Mm. I'm going to reread it before I go. Um, so if the door buzzes, <laughs> there's a journal <laughs> that's being dropped off. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I just, the, the diary of Anne Frank has made an enormous, enormous impact in my life. And the even, even the idea of being that close to that point in history and just everything going on with like, mm-hmm. you know, Jews, Jews and stuff. It's just, uh, it's uh, very meaningful. So I'm taking a three and a half hour train in a day. I'm doing it there and back. And I'm going to go to her house and I'm sure like sob. And then I think I'm just going to go for a walk because I've never been to Amsterdam. So I'm going to like do a little stroll and then come back to Paris for a couple more days. Are you going to go or try to go to the restaurant where the Amsterdam dinner happened? Okay, so I started thinking about that. Because I, okay, like, don't hate me, but when you said there's like one place I have to go in you Amsterdam, I was like, where the door Kyle because ran out of? It's, um, it's, uh, fucking husband don't don't speak about it yeah yeah so i need a piece of bread maybe you'll calm down right but the problem with that is that dinner looked really fucking expensive Uh, okay so because and i'm only gonna be there so i get to amsterdam around like 12 something um the house is like i do a a a sort of introduction and then a tour probably be there for an hour and a half and i think my train back is at like six something or seven Mm. so i don't know if i have a lot of time and if i have to choose between like going to post something to post something on social that I probably will forget to do and then remember six and a half years later versus like just walking through you know what you should do you should find you should look up and find like a really good bakery or like place like a and get a piece of bread something like that you can do like quickly like not yeah. like a really fancy meal or something but like just find like a great spot that you can like Go if you have a couple hours. Oh, I thought you meant so I could throw a piece oh, of bread no, or something. No, no, no. I mean, no. I mean, like if, I mean, like if you're gonna walk around and like have a couple hours to kill, just like find a spot that's like highly recommended and just oh, yeah. like go so, try so it. There is one restaurant that I was looking at that lo- sounds like very f- veggie forward that I might do, but I also think I'm gonna. Well, I, either way, I'm gonna bring some snackies with me from Paris. <laughs> I mean, I'll make do with yeah a croissant <laughs> and like just live my best life. So I'm very excited about. It. I am bringing my equipment with me, and I do think I need to learn what a VPN is. Which I have AGs mm. know well. I have fought vociferously against the idea of ever understanding a VPN. I really reject technology in every yeah. form. It like upsets me. And I think, unfortunately, in order to record episodes to go up in a timely manner or yonder, I'm going to have to get a fucking VPN so that I can say I'm back here in New York while I am en Paris. Yeah, I don't think Peacock is going to work so good. I don't think it's going to work so good. 
I I actually I used a VPN in Paris in 2016 to watch the Olympics. How'd that go? It was fine. It works. It just you use a VPN and then you can do it. And what is it? I see. I don't it literally know. no. It's like it's not hard. You just have to like choose one. <laughs> like. And then what does it do? You like you can, if you guys could only see the disgust on my face. You what like, then? What does it do? You like turn it on. You like press go. Is it wait? Is it a physical thing? No, it's an app, right? Yeah, but like you like you like press the button. God, I'm not gonna be. And able then to do you're using the internet as if you're in the office. and it's so it's like Safari, but it's a VPN. Or I think so. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's like a plugin that you would add to like Chrome or whatever. I do know that there's one because I did. Google. There are like many different options. There is one that has a 30 day free trial. That's yes, the only that. reason I'm considering it. And time is my friend because maybe I could like scroll around with it now to figure out if I'm going to even understand it. My capacity for learning is very I, low. I promise you like once you pick one and like start using it, it's not. It's like literally just like using the internet. You know what? Honestly, this would enable me to see some show. Oh, no, wait, no. Can I change my location or does it always have to be East Coast? Like if I... Have I a think v- you can... Okay, because I could catch up on some BBC stuff that I can't get on Brickbox. <laughs> like that would actually work. That's what people do You could be VPN. using a VPN all the time, Sarah. Well, that's what our pal Kiki Monique does because she frequently talks about using a VPN yeah. so she can watch East Coast time because oh. she lives in LA, which is really smart. But have I ever asked her what a VPN is? I, I don't because I... Just- yeah, one of my coworkers uses a VPN to watch Love Island UK like before the episodes oh, get put on Hulu. God, such a commitment. Jesus. Yeah. I did that for like a season or a couple seat, but in my own time years after the fact, but I can't and I can't big brother. It's just too much. It's it's too much. Too much too. You're much. like you're going to be like so can I VPN into the future and watch Traders before it comes out? <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that like, I think I don't even know what what the episodes this will be very exciting for people. Like, I still haven't figured out exactly what the episodes are going to be. If I'm going to be okay. Zooming with people from I'm going to oh, kind of maybe just do like a little like I solo. I think it's going to be a solo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be like waking up at 7 a.m. to Zoom with you from Paris. I did once take a work call while walking up the Eiffel Tower, which I really strongly don't recommend. Although, like, babe, are you really out of breath right now? Yeah, 100%. Although um, I think I'm going to do that again because I have a perilous fear of heights. It would be the third time I've done it. And those the stories when I IG storied while walking up the Eiffel Tower, yeah. like out of breath, freaking out, are on, saved on highlights on my Instagram. Um, I think I'm going to do it again because it's so scary. But it's, you- good to, it's good to sort of not triumph because i'm as i have a perilous fear of heights that will never change but i kind of want to do it again i kind of want to put myself through that do you just walk up to the midpoint so but at the midpoint still like 1400 steps or something yeah 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 but you can only go to the second level which sounds like oh you're only going to the floor but but it's like the eiffel fucking tower and and then you have to take an elevator to the top right because like the the top half is like literally vertical up and down right and so the second time I did it, I took the elevator to the top, even though I absolutely didn't want to go to the top because I was like, well, if you're about to die here, you might as well be on top of the Eiffel Tower because it's so fucking high. And I've and then I stood back. I didn't even go to the edge. Yeah. I stood back. Just so. You know what's cool? If you want to do something similar but different, you can walk upstairs to the top of the Arc de Triomphe and it's a cool view. Oh, so I don't really fuck with the Arc de Triomphe an okay. awful lot. I don't know why. There are certain things where I'm like, mm. like I don't know that I'm going to go back to the Louvre because that's not really my energy. My energy is Musée well, d'Orsay okay. and Lingerie. And yes. I also have a ticket to the Dior um, thing, which is supposed to be great. But I haven't made any. I finally just made a couple reservations in Rome because you just can't fuck around. Yeah. But um, And I got some good... Uh, restaurants thanks to ag recommendations but the, paris i'm yeah. really i haven't done a single goddamn thing except for one place that La, one place lingerie is like my favorite museum in, same, pa- in paris it's, same. Yeah. it's the it's the wall-to-wall circular the water lilies the yeah. Monet, and with like the curved yep yeah. i cry every time because i think of my grandmother and then i'm like oh i have grandma jean with me when i, I go yeah so it's gonna be i'm i am in disbelief that i'm going honestly because it's so last minute and i just really wasn't figuring out math when I made the yeah. travel plans and I did not remember how uh, how long I had stayed in Paris previously and it's just a it's a longer trip than I've ever done in Europe. Usually I do like maybe I don't even remember like maybe 8 days and this is like 12. Oh. So, yeah, I have Sheik. joined the Patreon cuz I really wasn't <laughs> thinking about anything when I booked uh. this and now it's become a thing well maybe you can tack on a couple days to scotland and go run around in some okay. some muck and some leaves we need to 
discuss what is happening, but can we please start with the end of the episode when Phaedra looks at poverty, which I still cannot say correctly, and says, what does she say? Like, you need to be more lovable. You need to be more lovable. You can't keep acting like an ice queen. And she's like, what? So I should be nicer? She's like, yeah. And then Poverty looks at her and she's like, has this look of like disdain and passive aggression where she's like, mm-hmm. And they just look at each other. And I thought to myself, this is this is what we deserve. The layers between Parvati and Phaedra this season are so fascinating. Magnificent, honestly. Because in theory, they've been on the same team since day night one when they recruited Parvati or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the the tension between them and the sort of divergences in both strategy but also in their their position within the house i saw um i mean there have been like twitter for the traders is like the most entertaining it's been oh, in no. years shit. but like no but just like because people love it so much no i wish i could see it but, but i'm not on it but like how phaedra is like everybody's favorite in the house and everybody just like thinks Phaedra is so fun and like whatever just like loves her meanwhile Parvati is like everybody thinks she's a traitor she's she's like public enemy number one and like her only hope for like not getting voted out is that she might be able to get people to think that Peter is like trying too hard (laughs) and it's like but is she maybe going to win? Like, is this one of those situations where she's going to be at least able to stretch this out in a way that's genuinely surprising? I think that it's going to be really, I'm I'm so, so curious to see what happens next week because the the twist this week, and this is like full spoilers for oh episode my God, full, whatever. You should know. You should know. But, but the twist of them deciding not to have a banishment ceremony on this episode and instead to take everyone down to the river light them on fire around this light their fire up. and instead of a banishment for them to do this like chain reaction choice of five or i guess like seven total only five people being not safe being up mm-hmm. for for murdering it's like it kind of turned things on its head because it seemed like we were barreling toward this banishment ceremony where either Peter or Parvati were going to go. And then that would kind of like sort of set the stage for maybe like the last phase of this game. Uh, you know, Sandra has her pool balls to explain kind of the the, the, the math. Of, <laughs> I love that. The math of what we're here. Did you see Sandra's um, Instagram explanation? No, I don't let know me, that I follow her. Let me read to you because... Please. People were kind of, I think obviously people thought it was like very um, fun and campy that she's like showing people on the table with the pool balls, like her strategy. Oh, I thought it was smart. I mean, she was wrong, but but I thought it was smart. But she, she really went in and explained more like what her thought process was of the strategy. And I think it's smarter than a lot of people realize. I haven't, this is news to me. So she said, I want to make something clear. Oh my God. During that strategy strategy session, I also made it clear that hopefully the traders were in our group so that they could murder each and every one of the so-called most faithful of the faithful, therefore allowing the faithful in the leftovers to I'm get to the confused. end of the game. So basically she, and then she says, Self-preservation and end game strategy, what a lot of people don't seem to understand is faithful also have to go just like the traders. We can't all get to the end. No one there is oblivious to the fact that Parvati and Phaedra have already been called out several times. That's actually that's actually manageable if new traders Okay, so no, keep going. Say what she said. So, and so she it. said that's actually manageable. If new traders enter the mix, then we have to start back from zero. So basically, what she's saying. And so like watching it the first time, I'm like, wait. So she wants to get rid of the other five of them, and she doesn't know that the two traders are actually. That's in what her I group. thought. I think. So what she is saying is more or less she already suspects or knows that Phaedra and Parvati are the traders, but that her strategy is to get them on her side so they won't murder her. While then they work to get rid of the other five of the other, you know, Pilot Pete's group so that at the end of the game, only so many people are going to make it to the end. And so she's saying, I'm working with this alliance 
and bringing the traitors to my side so they won't murder me. And we're going to work together to get all of those people out. So then I'm going to get to the final five or six. I'm already going to know who the traitors are. And then I can banish the traitors. And then I'm going to win. Okay, because I was wondering when she was going to come out. Because I was like, yeah. we haven't seen Survivor two-time winner. And she's a big fucking so, deal. So, and so now I'm glad she's here. I'm glad so she's arrived. She's basically... Ex- she was always here. She's explaining that like I know people are asking this question. And yes, I thought of it too. And that's... What she's doing, because the thing is, if if um, you know, Pilot Pete and his homies, there's five of them. There's no traitors in that group. The game, they, the five of them can't be the final five. That because if they get out a traitor, if they vote out Parvati, then Phaedra gets to recruit another person, and then that's what Sandra's saying is that if the recruitment keeps happening as they get out these traitors, then you have to figure out who the new trader is where she's saying, I already know who the traders are. Why would I want to get rid of them earlier than I have to? And then have to figure out who a new trader is. That is, it really is like, that's Christopher Nolan playing traders. It really is like a higher level. I think we didn't see that level of gameplay at all in season one. No. And I think we, I don't think on any other, I've seen other iterations of traders. and i don't, I don't think, think that either i don't think we've seen it on this season until like th- this instagram caption right here wait but i'm sad we didn't get that for some of us in when when we watched the episode i didn't get that i didn't understand it as um well think, as you just explained it i feel bad i think we should have understood I think it she made it sound like maybe that she said it but that they kind of cut it out yeah i believe because she said during that strategy session i also made it clear that hopefully the traders were in our group damn i wish they had shown more of that because that's the thing the i saw somebody kind of i think there was like a twitter thread about it where somebody was kind of explaining essentially what she just said Mm -hmm. in more words and they were like pilot pete is playing really hard but his only objective is to try and vote out traders right and voting out traitors is not actually the same as making it to the end. Oh, my God. I never would have thought of that. I and never so that. Sandra is kind of, she's thinking of it in a different way. She has that like galaxy brain to yeah, it where she's, like, graduate school. where she's like, at the end of the day, of course, we want to get rid of the traitors. But that getting rid of the traitors as soon as possible is not actually the whole point of the game. That if that you almost make it like to the freaks end. me out how smart that is. That right. really does freak me out because I would not. I don't have. I I really truly would right. not. And, and I've seen traders before. I would not have the ability to. Yeah, think and on I that think plan. the fact that she's not broadcasting that necessarily. She's so much smarter than I am. So smart. She's so smart. She's so smart. And I watched her seasons of Survivor. Like I was a Survivor watcher for a long time. And I even think like I mean I guess I was a kid when I was watching those seasons. But like Sandra is not somebody who I was like. She's my queen, most iconic survivor, whatever. But like, you don't win that game twice on accident. No, you don't win it once on accident unless the person who did a better job is just hated more by the rest of the tribe. And I think part of that is that she is really good at downplaying how strategic she is. She did a better job of it than Dan. Who Absolutely. Okay, so I went Dan back. Dan shit the bed when, when the pressure was... He couldn't face the music. He couldn't, and he couldn't get out of looking like a traitor and using his voice he just couldn't do it and people i've heard people saying like he's one of the greatest of all time on big brother if not maybe the greatest so i watched some youtube compilations which (laughs) like isn't the same thing as watching 700 episodes yeah but i and i got it because i was like oh he's so funny like in his little confessional room whatever that's called and then when he's with the house guests he's someone else and when he did like the funeral for himself like i understand it but it didn't blow my mind but that's because i'm watching a youtube compilation and at that point i know who i know who i'm who i'm supposed to believe he is Mm -hmm. but i really do i do think he i thought he was a flop on traitors and it's like not that he shouldn't have been there i just thought he was a flop i just i think that actually talking about how he couldn't use his voice without making people think he was a traitor yeah that makes Phaedra's performance this season so much a hundred times yeah. more impressive. Mm-hmm. When all I mean, she is like s- just s- such perfection on this season. She's so, everything she says is like 
so entertaining and like an instant catchphrase and her, you know, her facial expressions and everything. Like she just is, she is really putting on a performance. But the fact that she is being so kind of like, you know, devious and stuff in the, in the traitor aspect of it, but also is like everyone's favorite in the house. It's such a tightrope act. And I'm sort of like, the the way that she's pulling it off currently i mean obviously some people suspect her it's not like she's like necessarily has no sort of suspicion on her name but like the fact that i'm enjoying her like weird castle situationship with ct uh, just castle daddy just as much as i'm enjoying her murdering people yeah i love when she murders it's like it's kind of it's kind of amazing. I'm like I want it. I want all of all of it. And the thing with Phaedra is, it's not that she's entertaining as a traitor. She's entertaining as a TV personality, which makes every aspect of her on the show engaging to watch. And then on a on the third side of the coin, from those two things I just mentioned, at that fire ceremony when Sheree lights oh her torch, God. and Phaedra, I think, is like genuinely moved by the moment that she says, you know. I've known Sheree over 20 years and the I'm thinking in this moment of the fact that life in all its craziness has brought us to this moment together where we're on this like weird fucking show in Scotland around this campfire with this weird like uh, uh, who knows what's even happening in the game and Sheree is like choosing to come and like save her and then it's like then you have to think about the fact that Phaedra is a traitor and Sheree is like so clueless to that fact. But I don't think Sheree will be like upset if and no. when she finds out that Phaedra is a traitor because I think she will understand the game in a way that maybe we haven't seen her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very the the moment of um giselle and karen where where karen's like are you getting it and giselle's like i'm getting it i'm getting it and then the confessional i don't get it but like even when the um earlier in the season when they had that like poison chalice murder assignment and phaedra was like adamant that it would not be sheree on her watch like it that kind of moment where it's like these women i think those two women, I think, have like this sort of like spiritual bond, maybe more than you would even know from the fact that they were on like one or two seasons of Real Housewives of Atlanta together mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Like, it really is. I don't know. I just, I like, there's a sisterhood. Yeah. And there is a housewife sisterhood that I think also crosses franchises. There is something to be said for like, the the women who are coming from Bravo or the Bravo Lebs who are coming from Bravo that they will look out for each other. We saw that with Kate Chastain and Phaedra, yeah. and maybe part of that was because she just genuinely didn't agree with Dan's argument. But I think another part of that is like, no, I'm going to protect and defend this person who I know, and mm -hmm. I know in a different way because we speak a different language. Kate Chastain like could make it to the end of this season. I, it's it's kind of random because she came in halfway through, but like. She's kind of just like floating on by right now. Like, I don't think anybody's really concerned about her in a way that I'm like, you can make it two or three more banishments. And then I don't know. She could. I do have to <laughs> say, like, and I'm perhaps not great with change that I did not think I don't think she was necessary. I don't no. think that her coming was necessary. And I also thought the the we're going to light your ass on fire like that whole fire thing instead of I didn't think that was necessary either because I'm just like the structure of the show is perfect but yes as you said it does kind of flip the show on its head a little bit I, I don't know how much of it is me just like prodding to protect the integrity of so the show's I saw, structure I saw a theory that okay because obviously they have an episode count that they have to hit and so they cannot have Oh, they cannot have all the traitors be found out until a certain point or but be couldn't they just introduce new ones. But they the last episode when they recruited somebody. Yeah, Peter said, no, no, ma'am. If you're giving people the option to turn down the recruitment, you run the risk of them turning it down a dwindling number of traitors. So if if on this week's episode they had had a normal banishment ceremony mm -hmm. and if Parvati had been voted out, then Phaedra would be the only traitor and she would have to recruit someone. And if the person she recruited said no, then theoretically the game could end next episode. 
And so I think, I I don't know if this, maybe this fire ceremony was always planned. Maybe it was something that was a very like, if the if X, then Y. Yeah. But like, I think it was kind of like a, a production twist to like ensure that we don't end up with one traitor until maybe like the penultimate episode. Here's my number one concern. And I posted, um, I literally got back from Rhode Island last night and I was like, first and only thing I'm doing before I crash is watching traders. Yes. And I posted at the beginning because I just felt like the energy, I was just very concerned about Trishel understanding. I know. And the CT stuff is a lot, but like, I'm like, sweetie, okay. But the- I feel like I've been shot in my <laughs> chest with a bullet. <laughs> Like, babe, grow up. Also, you're on a TV. I mean, it's like, what do you want? You want him to choose you because you're a better friend? That's not, you're not playing the game of friendship. You're playing the game of traitors. Right. And he might understand that you're not a traitor and as such is not going to feel the need to defend you or because he trusts you. He's not going to feel hurt. She went to 100. I was like, sweetie, enough. But she, I'm very concerned because she does seem pretty confident that Phaedra's a traitor. And so I think we might need to kill Trishel because I'm not ready to let go yet. I'm hoping that they murdered Trishel because I think if they murdered Bergy, I think... No, I don't want him to go. Well, yeah, but also I think it would be a little too obvious that they murdered like Peter's bestie. And I don't think... I don't... If if part... (laughs) I, this is like so stupid that we're like breaking it down this much. No, we need to. This is this is a science. I think if Parvati wants people to think that Peter is a traitor, then murdering Bergy would really strain credulity with that theory because I think people feel like Peter and Bergy are like authentically close enough that if Peter was a traitor, I don't think he would murder his BFF Bergy. But I don't think that anyone suspects that Peter is a traitor. I think the Bergy of it all, I think of it more as like Ber- they might just call Bergy. Like, I don't know that they're going to do it but, because he's so close with Peter. But I think that Parvati wants, I think that Parvati she wants him to feel pain. I think Parvati needs, I'm into. I think Parvati feels like she needs people to think that Peter might be a traitor because she wants them to banish him. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Sweet MJ. I just want her to be included in a conversation for once in her life. MJ, like, sh- she'll get it right once. And then the <laughs> next eight to 10 times she gets it wrong. But her walking in and being like, I don't feel like you No, you don't. you can't tell me to like leave and come back. I'm going to stay in this room or whatever. I just really appreciate that about yeah. her. She's like, well, I, I mean, that to me was the biggest misstep that Peter and his crew have made because it's like this whole game, it seems like... They're high in their own supply. It seems like a sort of central thing that you really can't be or shouldn't want to be seen in any sort of solid group. And yeah. so to be five people in the room with a door closed and to have multiple people go in there and literally tell them to leave and close the door behind them. It just is like, who do you think you are? But also, like, M- yeah, like MJ's little, like, tiptoe in her stilettos. <laughs> like, <laughs> Holding on to her jeans, whatever. The jeans, like, what the jeans and the, like, mesh tattoo top. <laughs> I, like, MJ. And then also later in the fire ceremony when she was, like, so confident that Sandra was going to choose her. And then cool. acting devastated when she didn't. I'm like... Unless we've missed something major in the edit, I'm like, are are y'all close like that? (laughs) Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. 
Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I don't I really wasn't I was enjoying MJ a lot this episode. I think it was kind of like the most material that we've gotten from her yeah. yet. And I, I I don't know. I think MJ is another person who is a great TV personality when she, you know, is given the room to to let it show. You know who else is flopping hard? Fucking Kevin. I can't take it. Every episode he gets more and more obnoxious. He's genuinely obnoxious. And he I think because of his proximity to this like faithful of the faithful group, Mm -hmm. he feels like he's in this position of power. And I'm like, first of all, you're like an idiot. (laughs) And second, I think he is really condescending. He's very condescending. And that he like when he's like, yeah, MJ, thanks, MJ. Just give us a minute. It's like, who are you? Even at least Pilot Pete is like running this group. You're just like like tweedle dumb number four he is one of those guys who i think just well we saw this on bling empire he sidles up to people in positions of like power in oh yeah the case of he, anna wealth and he just well in that at that time he was playing adorable he was like i'm yeah, just he, a, i'm he, just dumb and poor and right he was my like friend he was like the broke guy who actually had to work on bling empire yeah. and here it's like okay what now yeah it's a pick t- a struggle he attaches himself to people that 
might help him and who wouldn't, honestly, to a certain extent. But like his ability to then assume he is in the same position or to or or to play some sort of like personality game is not it it was potentially some relatively successful on Bling Empire. But on this, I'm like, no, you're out of your depth. Yeah. Like Bling Empire, you didn't have to like win a challenge. No, you just had to like. Say I'm poor. Oh my God, isn't that funny? Like that's truly what he did. You just had to like be able to bear Christine Chu. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Christine Chu on Traders? She'd be like, I'm not getting in the muck. Oh my God. Can you imagine if she like fell into that swamp? If, if she was in that leaf net trap. It was giving me like Princess Bride energy. First off, I would have been really poor. Actually, honestly, I felt bad for Peter at the end because he was shaking and shivering. He was so cold. The fact that Peter and Bergie were the only two that fell in the mud. (laughs) But also that fucking net was scary. Yes, it was pretty aggressive. I was like, that that's too successful. (laughs) And then you just see Sheree, help. And Phaedra, I think, was like, I can leave now, please. Like, get me out of here. Like, it's enough. Like, we've had our, you got got your little moment cut. I talked to Phaedra a few weeks ago, and she was like, super last minute cast on this season, which is crazy because it's like, what would it have looked like without her? Oh, they needed her. Um, But she was saying that she like, didn't really know what she was signing up for in terms of the physical challenges. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I would doesn't surprise me neither did kate kate and i honestly understand that like you're gonna show up you have your outfits and call it a day and mm-hmm. this was not that so i wonder did she explain why she was so why it was so last so, night? Did somebody fall out i don't know for this season specifically okay. i would guess yes that somebody probably had to pull out i don't yeah. know who um she said that she was in talks to do season one oh. and the scheduling didn't work out so she must have i mean i'm sure obviously she was on some list or some you know Whatever. But yeah, so this season, I think she said, I think she said that she got a call on a Thursday to be in Scotland on a Monday. No. Yeah. Holy shit. And she had to do, she was saying that because it's a competition show where there's like physical stuff, she had to do like certain health screenings. Like you have to, you know, you have to do like an EKG and like, yeah, to make sure you're not going to like, you know, die on the obstacle course. Yeah. Um, she also mentioned this this I thought was really funny. They have to like get their outfits approved. Yeah? Like they have to like send pictures of what they're what clothes they're bringing basically. <laughs> wow, that's weird. Cuz I mean, if you look at what they're wearing, it looks like somebody gave them instructions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Some of them are more styled than others, I have I to love say. It. Also, I really I watching the episodes, I really think that Phaedra might be the only person who brought glam. I keep wondering that, like, is she doing her own makeup? Because if she is, she's no. she has such a gift. Certainly not. You don't think so? She's showing up to breakfast with like a full professional looking beat. I want, but also, how would you coordinate that? Because they don't stay in the castle, right? They have like a hotel somewhere. I think so. Yeah. Also, you she need to get approval on that. I don't know if the cast stays in the castle. No, I don't think that they do. Yeah. So I also I like. She's doing so much with her hair. Like there are clearly like multiple like looks. Yeah. Like I I just think like God, I, I don't think that so much. You know, I I've m- met Phaedra once and she had people with her and I don't think that she I don't think that's how she rolls. Oh my god, I love that energy. <laughs> she would be a tough person to bring back though because at that point whatever new cast of like Traders 3 would know that she's a superstar. Like so next that season? Would be, yeah, that would be. Yeah. I don't want them to get into this. I don't want us to feel like we're we're like kind of scrapping around doing these like crazy things when we don't really need to do that. I don't want us to be in a position where we're constantly resetting. No, I agree and I think like I, I get why they thought that bringing Kate back would be mm-hmm. kind of like a fun stunt this season, but I think it's a it speaks to the quality of the casting that they would have been fine without her. Mm-hmm. And I hope that in you know for future seasons, I'm ass- obviously I'm assuming they'll you know put a lot of effort into keeping the casting level high, and that it's like you don't really need to be like bringing in like a ringer halfway through. Do you think that Peter should have um uh said yes to being a traitor? I mean, like, in the sense that, like, yes, because I think that he's kind of, like, simple. Like, the the whole thing of, like, I want to win the right way, it's like, 
What are you talking about? Well, he's a bachelor. He's used to like being Captain America. But it's it's the same energy as some of the um like real people. N- real people from season one. Yeah. Where they're like, My feelings were hurt because Siri lied to me. And it's like, you're on a game called The Traitors. And so I think with I think Pete is coming at it from that where he's like, No, man, like I would be so mad. I would be so sad if like if I won, but it wasn't with like my crew. And it's like, okay, so you're like maybe not going to win, but if you do, you'll have to split the money more ways. Like just from a pure like performance level mindset, being a trader is like a better proposition, especially if you've already convinced so many people that you're not one. But I think it also depends on what the value is of going on this show. Like for some people, the value is, you know, additional uh, celebrity and attention and also that money on top of the money that they're already being paid for Peter. He might see value in something else he might see value and yeah. maybe attach to that some sort of financial something in terms of like being seen as the guy who's going to do right like there is a benefit to that potentially yeah i have seen some discussion of the the money aspect that for for certain people on this cast like you know if Tamara's getting paid a hundred thousand bucks an episode for real housewives of orange county then the opportunity to like perhaps split a prize pot that could perhaps be as much as 250k before taxes Mm. like it's not really there for the money but like last season that kind of became a thing when when sari like was viewed as like kind of screwing people over out of their money and they're like but i said that i needed the money and it's like babe like that's not really what this is about like it's not I think any kind of reality show like this that has a cash prize attached to it, it's like you can't it's not a good idea to really get attached to the money for like life reasons, because any game like this, if there are like 15, 16, 20 people cast on the show, it's like you're probably not going to win. So I did. It's not somebody else's fault that you like wanted to pay off your student loans. Totally. And I did, I think it was two days on Deal or No Deal, where I was essentially, I want to say I was essentially a production assistant, but it was in Rhode Island. They came to Rhode Island to do casting. And I was a part of the production team and helped, like, you know, for all the people that showing up were deciding, go here, go here, go here, go here. And it was tough because a lot of people came into the door with a genuine story of like, yeah. I have no, this terrible thing happened, family member, medical stuff, bills, divorce, loss, death, all of that. But that's not, that that's, this is not that kind of show. This is right. kind it's of like, like a, it's a different kind of energy. So people come in thinking that that kind of story is going to get them one step further. I'm like, no, that's the reason that you're not going to be in the game. Yeah. I kind of love that this season, like the, the pro- other than like cheering for money being added to the prize pot in the challenges like yeah. the money isn't really talked about this season because like on most celebrity reality shows they're not competing for a cash prize they're like you know competing for instagram followers and and also who doesn't deals. who doesn't want to win and if you're like putting yourself into this immersive experience yeah. which reality tv stars know how to do really well you're going if you're successful you're going to get caught up in it so it is going to be like this is a cutthroat game there is something to be said for the fact that like Tamra other people Dan even was like this is the hardest thing that I've had to do like yeah. that's that is a very real uh, situation and circumstance for people who are really well versed in reality TV and in most cases in doing it really well. And so if they're saying this is the hardest thing, then, you know, you got to believe them. Yeah, I remember um, Sari, she's done Survivor, I don't know, three or four times. I think four. She won Traders, obviously. Yeah. And then last year she did Big Brother, like mm. normal person Big Brother with her son. And she has had nothing but negative things to say about her experience with Big Brother just because she was like, she was in that, you're in that house for like 90 days. Could never be me. 24 hours a Could day. Could never be Stuck me. with these like rando losers. With cameras on you? Absolutely And not. the social. Let g- me fart in my own time the in my The social house. game on Big Brother, it, it's so like slow and like subtle. No. That. Sari was like pretty openly miserable by the end. And by you don't have TV, you don't have internet. Right. And whereas like traders, they're literally there for like maybe two weeks tops. I think it's like three weeks. Survivor, yeah. it's like a month, give or take. And it's like, yeah, like it, these people that are kind of iconic in this field having these, I think it's really interesting actually to hear people kind of like have these 
takes on like the different experiences of doing mm. these different shows because like you know Sari might not want to go back to Survivor for like a fifth time but she like will not do Big Brother again and like I I don't know I kind of think it's like fascinating I would love to see Sari but I mean not to say that I'm taking back everything I said but <laughs> but uh, that's in terms of having someone come in halfway through if you want to have well, no, I guess you could. This would be the hardest thing to do. But if anyone is up for a challenge at Suri to have someone start at the beginning, like when you meet all of the contestants day one for season three, I would not be upset if Suri was there. I would be curious to see how that would work. But that's also because I I don't deal well with letting go. And it, I just I felt I was really annoyed and frustrated at the fact that the normal people mm-hmm. would not let her win because she has every right to relish in that and be celebrated for it. And for them to make her feel bad, like she has to fucking apologize because you guys are you forgot you're on a reality TV show where the point of the show is to manipulate each other and to make her feel bad for being great. Like for people who understand Suri, even if you don't understand Suri's journey, but she has deserved to win for a while so it's like for her to win at traders i think is a big deal mm-hmm. and i felt like they took that they tarnished it. they took it away from her and i was just like shut the fuck up like enough like i knew they were really upset but like do that for 10 minutes and then be like damn like let's grab a cocktail or a spritz or like whatever and cheers to you kicking our asses i know that's easy for me to say because then you're caught up in it but then at a certain point when you're filming the reunion or did we watch a reunion i feel like yeah. we watched a reunion and it's just like <laughs> i feel like we watched, did that so really happen just- Siri is the people's princess. <laughs> she is the people's princess. And we deserve we deserve to see her be celebrated yeah. in that way. And I really do feel like they took it away from her. They filmed the reunion this week for season two. And how do we think that went? I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be that much like Isn't drama? Andy hosting it? I don't know. Did he host the season one reunion? Mm, I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the exact energy match that you and I just have for that one is like, I don't fucking know. Um, I don't know. I just want, I want Alan to do everything ever, including getting an Emmy for this. I really actually genuinely think he deserves one. Yeah. Genuinely for best host reality competition. I think that RuPaul is great. And it's enough. I think that RuPaul has enough Emmys. I think that RuPaul also, has enough I would, Emmys. I would love for... If, if RuPaul is going to stop winning Emmys, it would be really cool for another queer man to win that award who is also wearing like flamboyant crazy outfits on tv and giving like a performance yes like it's not like he would be giving it back to like i don't know jeff probes, jeff probes who i love we love but- we love <laughs> We love. No, but like, Wait, no, but cheers to Jeff Rose is like, but I, Alan Cumming, iconic. Alan Cumming yeah. is another person who, in a lot of ways, is like genuinely transgressive and like has done really cool things. And I think what he's doing on Traders is like kind of an amazing performance. It is a performance. Yeah, I totally agree. And Alan also- was just on Jimmy Fallon, I think, this week. Oh yeah, time. and yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I think it was pretty clear Jimmy isn't watching the show, but oh. that's, that's okay. <laughs> he's very busy. Um. I think that someone said this on social. It literally may have been you. It may have been Bravo by Betches. But it was like, if and when RuPaul is ready to retire from Drag Race, Alan Cumming. That was not me, but I wouldn't. I Yeah. I mean, Alan Cumming I do does Alan not Cumming. is not a drag queen. But I don't know that a, a host needs to be a drag queen in order to host Drag Race. Yeah, I don't think so. But I don't. I also, I don't know. I haven't watched Drag Race in a long time. So I mean, I'm not a drag race, drag race person, so I can truly go fuck myself. But I just, I just want Alan. I want, I, I want to love- see Alan continue to kill it because I'm obsessed. <laughs> also, did you see like half the cast showed up to Club Coming, where I have done many an AG live, and the by many cast? I mean two. Yeah, they oh, showed that's up. Fun. That must have been when they were here for the reunion. Yeah, he posted it and it was like poverty. I mean, it was just like 10 people. Dan, yeah. I other did, people. I saw like photos from that night. I didn't know that's where they were. Yeah, which is, can you imagine? Because, you know, if you haven't been to Club Coming, it's literally, it's, intimate. it's teeny, teeny, tiny, which is fabulous. And it's a, this like great, great, great little cabaret space and bar um where i've done andy scrolls live twice and it, i had mm. a ball both times but like just i can't imagine being one of the people in the bar who has a peacock peacock subscription and you look up and it's literally half the cast the t- of t- traders, t- and you know they were like turtle timing and having a kiki like, oh you yeah know no they were happening. having fun there were like photos of them it was like like sandra and phaedra and oh, dan was phaedra there Yes. Well, I don't know if she was at Club Coming, but oh, she yeah. was she and Sheree were in New York for sure. Okay, so what do we think is gonna happen at the end? 
Oh, I don't. Do you want to make that determination? Should we hold um, off? We can hold off. Someone will I, win. I think that, I think that Sandra or not Sandra. I think that Parvati and Phaedra are in maybe like a stickier spot than mm-hmm. the traders were last season. Agree. Because like last season, like Sari didn't really encounter much friction at all, making it to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that enough people, obviously. Parvati is like, you know, foremost target in the house right now, I think. But like, I think that Phaedra has been maybe more quietly clocked by a few different people. Yeah, goddamn so, Yeah, so we'll see. I think it's going to be exciting. But also I think that this, like the way that this show is cast and edited and produced and stuff, like I'm not worried about it being boring at all. Yeah. And I, I just love that. Like every episode when I've sat down to watch, I've had a great time. Yeah, it's genuinely, it's like musty TV. Speaking of musty TV, um, this was meant to be a variety pack episode, and we were going to talk a little bit about my obsession with Mr. and Mrs. Smith and our obsession or um, just like interest and enjoyment with expats. Um, we are not going to be able to do that today, but uh, just to say you're g- going to come back on tip and we will mention okay. it all. Um, if you haven't watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I had a little bit of reticence about it because I really genuinely am a obsessed with the movie and i was a little like put off kilter when fleabag left um phoebe waller bridge phoebe waller bridge uh was working on the show Mm -hmm. with donald glover donald glover (laughs) it's been a long day and was replaced by maya erskine yes (laughs) from pen 15 right which i couldn't watch i know people are obsessed with it but it was it would it was too triggering for me for being like a nerd. I, I couldn't take it. I've seen some. It. I've seen some episodes. I think it's great. It I, I never like sat down and. Yeah, bit. it was. Too, it was too close. Um, it was. It was too cringe in that way that I was like, oh my god. But um, so so I was concerned because of the Phoebe Waller Bridge of it all. And Donald Glover gave an interview, I think, this past week, where he got more into the nitty gritty of why that partnership didn't work out because they were going to co-write and co-star. Really, really fascinating. And anyone who knows Donald Glover, I mean, his work is outstanding. So I knew it was going to be a good show, but I was just like, what kind of show is it going to be? Because if Phoebe left, what does that mean for the creative? And it just sounds like they had different visions. Anyway, all this to say, it is a very different show than the movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Mm. Pitt, Angie fucking and then you know hashtag team jen it is a different sitch than that entirely but it does have moments of like peak comedy during it it is also very sexy and there and the uh, cinematography and everything is so rich it looks like an amazon show it could have been an apple show if not it would not have worked on netflix it's just too it's too rich for netflix it just looks Mm. it looks great i watched it in 0.0 seconds eight really strong episodes i need season two immediately um, I think you will genuinely enjoy it. It's definitely on my list. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a bunch of things that I'm watching right now that are like limited series, short seasons that yeah. are doing weekly this drops. Is not. Oh yeah, yeah, this is but not But so that. I'm yeah. I'm watching True Detective Night Country, which there's like two more episodes. Do I need to see that? It's okay. okay. I, I'm watching um, Expats. Like we said, mm-hmm. there's a couple more episodes. Um trying to think what else am I there's like something else but I feel like there's a bunch of stuff that I'm watching right now that's going to be like over in a couple weeks and then maybe I'll feel more like capable of doing a binge I would love to have you back on after I mean I'd love to have you back on every episode but especially after whenever the last episode of expats airs yes which is also an Amazon show look at us also an Amazon show and I believe so episode four of expats came out this week that I just watched and I thought was really interesting I heard someone say i think episode five is like a feature length episode that is mostly about their nicole kidman's characters like live in housekeeper because oh i I am so into that so i if i remember correctly and i i'm not like reading off of anything right now i i think they premiered that episode at one of the film festivals in the fall, like maybe Toronto. Okay. And it was like, so there was like an event for the thing at the film festival, but they, instead of showing like the first episode or whatever, they chose to show this like kind of bottle episode or like, you know, standalone, whatever. And so if that is what I'm, you know, if that if it is as I, you know, am recalling it described, I'm I'm really, really curious to see because I think um, this show was fully written 
or you know, adapted for the screen and directed by Lulu Wang, who is the same filmmaker who made The Farewell a few years ago, which I thought was just like an amazing movie. Aquafina in that movie is like, a, you know, I wish she would do a million more things like that. But um, it, the way that that was described, I feel like that episode could really be like a showpiece for what yeah. Lulu Wang can do as like a writer and a director. And I think that, you know, this show, I have like some some certain mixed feelings about like, the characters and the story and like m- maybe how much I care or how compelling I find it. But I, you know, that type of thing sounds like it could be like a really exciting sort of like exercise. Yeah. Cause the, yeah, I, I, I totally, I'm very excited to watch that. I agree with you about some of the sort of notes about the show, but I also think just any kind of prestige Nicole Kidman yeah. vehicle, especially one where she's upset, angry, Ashamed, guilty, you know, grief, grief stricken yeah. is that's musty TV for me. Oh, yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, 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 and no, and I hear you. I know that you're not, yeah. but it's it's it is also just one of those shows. It's a it's a tough watch at points. Mm. Um, I am going to spoil. So you can stop listening because we're gonna end with this, guys. If you haven't like seen it or whatever, but I am gonna spoil one quick thing, which is maybe a weird thing to focus on. But when I heard about the show, just really honestly and watching the trailer, because it was a a surprise for me, I don't Mm -hmm. know that I knew the show was like being made in the ways that when other Nicole Kidman vehicles or or TV shows are announced, I pay attention. Um, I thought the family was in grief about their young, adorable, cute as a button son being hit by a car and having it something to do with the nanny. I never for a single second thought for a single second it could include something to do with him being taken. Mm -hmm. And no parent should ever have to suffer the grief or loss of losing a child. But for me as a viewer to now experience this as, oh, my God, someone intended to take this kid versus Mm -hmm. a terrible, horrifying, tragic accident, it just compounds it in a way. It makes me feel so unwell. I just it's there's something about it where I just like it's so upsetting to me to think about any child in in pain, you know, an innocent child, but also just like the fact that someone intended to do, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, I, that might seem like an obvious burger to people, but I really just assumed that this was a terrible accident with the kid. And, yeah. and, that's, well, and that's what it is. There's a storytelling choice that I thought was super interesting. And I think the, so the first two episodes, which were released together, but obviously if you're watching it later, you know, you can watch at whatever cadence you want. Yeah. I would really recommend watching those first two episodes more or less back to back because basically what they do is the first episode is a year after and then the second episode goes back and and sort of shows you the sequence of events. And so if you're kind of feeling a little bit like ungrounded mm-hmm. in the events of episode 1, that's kind of on purpose yeah. and episode two kind of it'll connect gives you that grounding and then also you know like what you were saying knowing after that that it's uh an, an unresolved mm-hmm. situation a disappearance versus you know just a, a death it's it, it kind of informs everything about the experience you know, subsequent to that. And I'm not going to cry because I really do want to focus on the veggie taco I intend to have after this. But I do want to just say that like for any family who's gone through any kind of like significant, horrible trauma or grief. Oh, no, I am really crying. Like what my family has had to deal with with my brother and other stuff like it just it's it's the show is not like a great show, but I found it triggering in ways that were were like really connective. Whereas like, oh, this is like really sad to watch because I I think of my own family and like like that grief, the trauma doesn't go away. Like what Nicole's dealing with, I find like really connective because I've seen my parents go through that. And my brother didn't die, but in many ways our family did. And and so it's just uh it's complicated to watch and they there's a storytelling uh decision that lulu lulu that lulu made where i just my nose is now on fire a storytelling decision made of like the way that the main character although honestly many of these characters feel like main characters it's giving main character energy but like the main character is like talking about how people who've 
you know, just by through bad luck or by accident or just doing something, a split second decision, how that can change someone else's life or their life mm-hmm. forever. And that storytelling device, because one of it was like in something with a pool. I, I, it was just like game over for me. But like, yeah, I thought about you in that. Yeah. Thank she you. Said that. <laughs> I thought about me too. (laughs) Sometimes like that happens with anybody who's gone through any kind of trauma, like, or like crazy fucking, you know, situation. It's just the way that that was connective and like talking about different people was very hard for me to watch, which Mm. is why I was glad I was able to watch it. I was glad it, I was glad it exists. Yeah. So it's not a great show. Like I literally was saying to my brother, I was like, you should watch it. And he was like, it's not good. I was like, I know. Like, (laughs) yeah, he has, he has, he really only likes to watch great tv yeah he has, i think he has a much higher barometer than i, I would do. say actually like as i'm watching further into both this season of uh true detective and expats i would i would i find some similarities in the sense that i think there are a lot of interesting things happening and i mm-hmm. think there are um some really great moments and some really yeah. some really cool visual things and whatever but like i don't know if like they're kind of going up to that level of like oh wow this is like no knocked out of the park no but it's like not. it's you know worth worth a look i think totally also it's like it's six episodes what else is it only six i believe so fuck okay but again it's not a great show but like <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's worth watching and i also really appreciate i don't know anybody's name i barely know know nicole's so the um young actress who plays mercy mercy um she gave a interview it's a great a great feature in the New York Times just about her kind of like exploding with this show and just like it's all she's early days into this. I really love her on screen. I think mm. she's she makes incredibly interesting choices. Everything she does feels real and natural and painful. And uh, you can just feel like what she's experienced just with like her mom being like, yeah, you know, and a lot of cultural stuff impacting trauma that she experienced just in like feeling a sense of guilt about events that had not yet occurred based on what she discovered her family was saying about her um it just uh it she's she's really given an interesting performance that makes me feel you know excited for this young actor and what yeah. she's going to do next i think it could be really uh interesting also what's his face is in it fucking oh god Jack, yeah jack, jack houston. houston yeah i always I, when he shows up i'm like oh my god it's him again hollywood royalty <laughs> <laughs> but he's great he's a great performer yeah I think he's more. I always think of him as like more famous than he might be, but maybe I think so. I I I think not. that he is, like, he kind of has like that guy face yeah. a little bit. Even though like, if you know if you know who he is, you're yeah. like, oh, like that guy. But like, I don't know. It's good. I, but I like him. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's a. It's a. It's not going to change your life. Um, I cried about it, so there's that. Um, but it's a it's a good show. I would love to unpack it with you more once it ends because I think yeah. the Nicole, uh, just a Nicole Kidman in pain prestige television drama is just that's a safe space for me. It really <laughs> is. Like I just like she's just so fucking talented. Yeah. She really is. When she's just and like the vacancy in her eyes at points, I'm like. And you know what? Can I just say one more thing that might be like upsetting, but okay. I, I really do mean it, but it's a little upsetting. So safe space is what she has experienced as a parent with her children mm-hmm. being taken away from her when she was labeled a suppressive person. And the fact that she has to be incredibly careful in press interviews because she adopted two kids with Tom Cruise. They got yeah. divorced and then she was labeled a suppressive person by the Church of Scientology and was like, and the church instructed her kids never to contact their yeah. mom ever again. And I just think of she's very careful in talking about it in uh, media interviews because I don't think she wants to upset whatever very, very delicate balance is in place. And I don't know what her communication with them is like. I obviously don't know like a lot of the details yeah. here. But when it comes to like losing a child, I just think she's able she's a f- phenomenal performer to begin with. But she's able to also yeah. tap into stuff from her real life. I actually traumatized. I remember a few years ago, I felt really bad because when she was it, maybe it was around like Big Little Lies time when she was mm. like winning a bunch of awards, giving speeches, things like that. There were a, a couple of instances where she had like specific thanked her husband Keith Urban and their two kids together Sunday and Faith and that people were sort of being like shady about about, like why don't you think the other two and like I think that there was not a lot of grace given for like how complex that situation is and I think she's in one of those positions genuinely where if she mentions them I don't think that will work 
in her favor when it comes to being a parent. And I just think for anyone connected to any kind of like mm-hmm. cult um, and just the process of disconnecting and losing family members and all of that. I mean, you can watch Leah Remini's excellent show with Mike Rinder for more, but it's just, it's, that is, and to have gone through that so publicly and to have Tom Cruise continue to be like lauded by people. And listen, I love a Tom Cruise movie, love, 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 but it's just a really yeah, it's like there's a terrible situation that she's experienced. There's more to that than people can understand. Can yeah. Yeah. And I just she's also she's just able to tap into an understanding of pain that just always to me feels really lived, lived in and real. Mm. She really is. She's just with the nose, with whatever else, like what's that fucking movie? Sin- uh, Sin- the hours. Yeah, I didn't. I By a nose, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I hated that. Yeah. I was like, you I'm like, don't, that was her moment. That was her moment. And you made it into a. I hate when. Ugh, no, not for Thanks, me. Thanks, Denzel. <laughs> was it Denzel? Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe I'm not as mad because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, well, see, he's uh, doing a movie with Spike Lee. Is this a oh, movie yeah. or a TV show? I think it's a movie. movie. Can't wait. My God, I hope it's a movie. Oh, my God. Inside- Does anybody still make movies? <laughs> Inside Man, I've seen. I just watched times. that for the first time oh. last year. Oh. Clive Owen. Oh, can't even, can't even. But the the woman with the boobs, we <laughs> used to go to the same colorist. <laughs> no, but like, of course. But you know, that's a character. It's like woman with boobs. Yeah, I'm not being. Yeah, 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 unnecessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. boobalicious, but she also has great boobs. But we went to the same call, Kim something, <laughs> Kim boobs, and we went to the same colors for a while. And I remember, I think I was like next to her at an appointment. And I was like, "How do I fucking know this lady?" And then it occurred to me, and I, I'm, I hope that I said to her face how is much she the a- one that's like yapping on the phone at the beginning in the bank? No, okay. that's the person who looks like her. Okay. And that's all we're going to say about that. Yes, if you sorry, haven't okay. watched. I'm bad at like, I've only to, seen it once. That's okay. You know, I, I don't even know who I am. What's my name? How do I spell my middle name? Like literally like. <laughs> Donald Glover. <laughs> I am literally Donald Glover. You're talking. You you must watch that movie. It's excellent. We have been talking for forever. And I'm so sorry that <laughs> I bogarted your time. But good. watch Expats. Watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You're obviously watching watch Traders, Traders if you're listening to this episode. Team Phaedra on Traders. Ooh. <laughs> You gotta be a little more lovable. That in her response of like, I she was poverty was telling her go fuck yourself. Yeah. With that, mm, and She's I love ice princess. I don't <laughs> giving face right now. She can't say, but I'm <laughs> extremely into it. Dill, tell the people where they can follow you on social and listen to your podcast. All that and more. Yeah, would love to. Um, the the like energy with which I bring to self promotion at this point, I'm like, who cares? Um. <laughs> <laughs> You can you can listen to my Bravo podcast, mention it all, wherever you get your podcasts. We usually do three episodes a week. There's recaps, guests, interviews, things like that. Lots of fun. Uh, you can follow at Bravo by Betches for more Bravo content and follow me at Dylan Hafer. Um, also, just looked at my Instagram, not while you were talking, but it popped up. And apparently there's a little bit of a, a little fight between Kristen Takeman, Dorinda, and Aaron about Aaron's use of cute when talking about um, Housewives Legacy, New York City Girls Trip Legacy Housewives, which is just another. I like when they mix and mingle. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Um, listen, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley and join the Andy's Girls Patreon. Number one way to support the pod at patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Dale, thanks so much for joining me for this variety pack. Of course. Thank you. Team Petra, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>